IT, but the data re- but the data remains separate and decentralized. So that's that's one big change. That's a big organizational change, and and that's one of the things the concerns that you should have about data mesh is getting the organizations to accept that kind of change. You also can think of of data as a product then. So each of those domains follows a contract and makes the data available. And so you can think of it as a a data as a product. And also the big change too is that the data engineering teams then instead of becoming IT doing everything and becoming the bottleneck. You can think of it as almost having many IT departments in each of the domains. And so the skill set is transferred from central IT to each of those domains because they're the ones now are taking that operational data and making it analytical data, following that contract to make it available to all the other domains in there. And so each of those business users, those business domains have the engineering skills to do all that. And so this, the idea is with data mesh now it's because being able to be more scalable because instead of having IT do everything, now each of the domains do everything. So you can have a lot more people scaling out in, in that capacity to prevent that bottleneck. And, and the big idea with data mesh is that a lot of struggles are happening within companies in order to collect all this big data and let's make the business owners who, who know the data better than central IT be the gatekeepers of that data and make it presentable for everybody else to consume. So those are the, the big key points that would differentiate data mesh. And I didn't talk about technology in that because it's more of, of that people process change that applies in the data mesh. Uh, thank, thank you, James. And what about the governance? If you're going to give domain ownership to um, groups like supply chain, finance, HR, sales, right? Customer service. Yes, it's easier for them to own the data because they are closest to them, right? But um, what about the governance? How do you make sure that there's a federation around computational governance? What what are the good practices there? How do you manage that? Yeah, the idea is that you could have what they'll call data mesh infrastructure as a service, data infrastructure as a platform, in that if you're now centralizing the contract or the guidelines to have data governance in there. So you are telling each of those domains, hey, we want you to be part of the data mesh and to do that, you need to follow these governance rules that we have. Now that could be just a simple set of guidelines or it could be, here's the code that you should use to clean all the data and let's, instead of everybody inventing their own solutions, let's give them the code that they should use and the procedures for that. Now, this is very challenging there because each of the domains may have different technologies that they're using. And so a set of code that may work for one domain may not work for the others, but you're gonna have to have some central group group come up with the guidelines because think of something as simple as, I'm in in HR and we're gonna call states abbreviated TX. Well, another one may say, we're we're gonna use the full state name. Well, you need to have some conformity so somebody in IT will have to come up with say, these are the guidelines you follow. 
And, and this is what we mean by cleaning the data on there. But that, that's very challenging because everybody's got their own ways of doing things. And this is one of the concerns about the data mesh is you're going to have to ask those domains to change the way they're doing things in a lot of cases in there. And it's going to take them more time and effort to do that. And so how are you going to convince them? What's the incentive to doing that? And it may be that, well, you're doing this for the greater good. You're going to get more insights to your data because people buy from other domains and that. But that's what you really have to show people in there to take on that additional work and govern it differently. Where before the data was all, we, we didn't care, just keep, I'm central IT, give me all the data, then we'll clean it and we'll do it according to one standard. Now you're pushing those standards out on there. And, and there's no real technology to do that yet where you can just open up a box of data governance and say, hey, follow all this on here. So I'm hoping for that day to come, but I, I think we, we're a long way from that. Right. Right. Thank you. Thank you, James. So uh, uh, data mesh as a, you know, most people think it's a self-serve data platform, right? But then there is complexity to set up the data product schema, you know, lineage, compute, uh, locality of that data. So how difficult it is, you know, like conceptually, it looks like, you know, it can create a lot of differentiation the enterprises, but how difficult it is to set up a self-serve data platform, thinking of all of the above, as I talked about locality and lineage and others. Yeah, and when I talk to people about data mesh, and it's been a very popular topic in various user groups and presentation that I've given, and internally at EY where I work, there's a very large technology consulting group and we're constantly having conversations with that group and their customers about the data mesh. Right. And it, there's a lot of time involved in building a data mesh, much more than people think. And it, it's a technology, but it's a culture change. And so there's, you have to have a lot more runway to build out a data mesh. And part of that to answer your question is, well, we wanna keep track of lineage right. on here. So again, you have to go to each of the domains and you come up with this contract that says you will keep track of the data lineage. And, and maybe we have some technology that'll help you, but we need to, to, to make sure that when you, you come out and say, here is the data that we have for HR as an example, not only are, can people access the data, but if they ask where did this particular field come from, you and HR should be able to have a lineage that can show me where this source came from, maybe some ERP system on there. And then all the steps it took to be cleaned and, and come to that presentable, that consumable spot on there. Now, this is where I see a lot of variation in, in what the data mesh in theory is, is, is that this governance would be pushed out and lineage would be pushed out to all the individual domains but then I'll find some companies who will centralize certain things compared to the, the way the data mesh says every, every domain takes care of it. So what they will say is, we're gonna track on the data lineage in there. So we're gonna do maybe scans or some technology to have a data lineage and we're gonna centralize that. Maybe we're even gonna central where all the data is stored. So it makes it easier to do the lineage on there. Maybe we're gonna set up a data lake a, a centralized data lake and divide it out by folders for each of the domains instead of having each of the domains have their own data lake in there. This way it makes it easier to govern the data and to, to, to use the lineage of the data. So there's, 
there's usually some balance. And because every company is so different, uh, a solution that works great for one may not work great for others on there. So we're seeing a lot of exceptions to what I would call the traditional data mesh. And, and certainly a lot depends on the skill set of the people, the technology they're currently using. Have they been setting up data links before or is this a brand new concept to them? And, and so some of those are really big challenges to look at when you're trying to decide to do a data mesh. And James, what kind of industries like today, as you see in the modern enterprises, what percentage of industries are adopting this concept of data mesh and enabling their functional groups like supply chain, manufacturing, sales, marketing, right? What do you see, like, what is the adoption rate at this point in time based on your experience? Well, that's, uh, that's opened the can of worms. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting that you could, there's a lot of, uh, of posts, not a lot. There's a couple dozen of posted videos that you can go and look at of companies that have implemented data measure or in, in the early stages, late stages of that. Most of them have been doing it for over a year. Some of them have been doing it for two years, even before data mesh became an official buzzword in there. And I've seen companies, uh, a lot of banks like JPMC, Saxo Bank, JP Mortgage, they all have videos out there that you can see what they've done. And then there are other big companies like Intuit and uh, HelloFresh. Um, Calibra Games is another one. And, DPG Media is another one. And what they have in common is that they have a lot of big pain points now. And the, they have a culture that can change and is willing to go down the data mesh route. Because you have, you have some of these companies have 50, 100 domains in there. And it's just a challenging figure out what the domains are because it may one domain may be made up of multiple groups within your company on there. So you have to be able to go out all these domains and get them to buy into this data mesh. And all it takes is one to say no, and then you have this group that's outside your data mesh and you have this isolation and, and that could be a big problem in there. So those videos are good. You can see how they're all trying to solve that, but there's you'll see a lot of variation in the technical implementations and, and their understanding of the data mesh and how do you handle things like master data management and data cleaning. And, and it's good that they are, are talking about this, but the one thing I get out of all that is like, wow, this is a lot of work. And you really have to have a number of pain points to go down this route. And you have to have a company culture open to this change. And there's other things I can talk about that I think are, are keys for successful data mesh, but there is not a lot of companies out there that have successfully implemented one. I would just say there's a, probably a few dozen. And, and even the, the data mesh people out there who, who are the experts will say that this is very early stage, it's kind of experimental, and, and don't go and thinking that this is something that is definitely going to work and it's been gone through the ringers and they were really early in this process on there. So take that as a, as a big caution. Yeah, no, absolutely, James, thank you. Uh, uh, the way I see it is like, you know, if you can enable, um, then there is a lot of value for self-service BI across various different departments, right? And they don't have to 
depend on IT as much as they do today, right? Um, how do you see, like there's a lot of confusion about data mesh versus data fabric versus data lake house. How do you differentiate? What is the major differences between these three connotations? Yeah, and this is why I turned to a lot of education and, and try to come up with these common definitions of what all those are. And again, even those other definitions have been around a while, a little bit longer, there's still a, a lot of confusion on there. I know Gartner calls data mesh and data fabric the same thing, but I would say they're different in that I think we know what a data warehouse is. And when we go to the next step in a modern data warehouse, what does modern mean? Well, it usually means it's in the cloud. It usually means you can handle data no matter what the size, the type, and the speed of it. It could be real time, it could be batched, it could be semi-structured, it could be JSON, CSV files, and it could be a bunch of small files or very large files on there. That's when I think of, of being more modern in there. When we get to the data fabric, I think it's kind of a, 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 a glorified modern data warehouse is that it adds a bunch of different components to it. Now we're talking about modern data, modern data uh, master data management. We're talking about having maybe API calls to access the data. We're talking maybe breaking out the data mesh into building blocks that can be reused. And maybe we, we go to extra security like ABAC control and not just RVAC. And so I feel a data mesh is just a handling of a data warehouse on a much grander scale, but still centralizing and, and making that the big difference between that and the data fabric. And where the lines get blurred is, well, I can use a data mesh and I can use virtualization to, to access the data. But even in that case, you, you may say, well, we're going to, for example, keep data in China and we're not going to centralize it because we're not allowed to, and we'll virtualize and pull it when it's needed. But you're not getting down the path of the data mesh where you're talking about ownership. And you still may say IT owns that data, even though it's they can't centralize it in there. And so data mesh, the, uh, data fabric is not so much concerned on who owns the this, this idea is, is as IT owns the data, where data fabric is, is it remains on it and, and they have to have a contract of, of the way they can display that data. So there, there's a big jump we've been going from a data mesh to a data fabric on there. And, and the big challenge, and some people will say a, a more confusion is a data fabric is the technical logical solution of a data mesh because data mesh is just no technology, it's theory on there. But I, I okay, that, that's something that you can possibly say, but I, I would say you're still not having that differentiation of, of domain ownership on there. And where the technology really is challenged is if I have all this data sitting in a data mesh and it's not centralized and I do want to centralize it, how do I, oh, I do want to combine them all, how do I do that? And I can use virtualization software or you may see, some of the newer things talked about with the data mesh is you have other domains that combine that data. And which is interesting because now you're talking about copying the data over into other domains, which kind of went against what they first said about the data mesh, but now they're coming up with these other uh, uh, solutions on that because they're, they're saying that it's such a challenge. You have a hundred domains out there and somebody says, I want to combine data from 10 different domains. 
well, uh, virtualization software is, is could, could help, but it could really affect the performance of that. So a better idea is let's just pull this data out and combine it and aggregate it and then make that another domain that's available to others on there. So that's one sort of maybe difference between the, the original data mesh and, and where it's going down because I think they're just coming up with, oh, these are technology challenges. We don't know how to overcome them. So we've got to think of different approaches and, and maybe creating other domains that are aggregation of the data or, or are presenting the data in a consumable format, much different than the source format on there. And so this is where you're seeing a, a multiple iterations of, of copies of the data in the data mesh. Thank you, James. And where do you see Databricks fits into all that? You know, um, uh, we've been hearing Databricks and talent and using, uh, because ultimately it's about building a platform which is self-serving, right? So where do you see Databricks fits into it? Or who are the major players beside Databricks? Yeah, and one of the things I warn customers when they're looking at data mesh is, don't listen to all the vendors because what I'm finding is a lot of data vendors now are saying, hey, we support the data mesh, just use our product. It's almost like a data mesh in the box, which is not what they should be saying because the data mesh is, a, is this concept, this idea, and the technology is a small part of that. And, and so you can't solve, you can't create a data mesh with some technology. You have to have that cultural change, that domain ownership in there. And, and now each of those vendors could have technology that could be used in a data mesh. And you could look at something like Databricks who has their data lake house component. The idea being is you don't have to use a data lake and a relational database. With a data lake house, you put those relational database attributes inside of a data lake. And they, with Databricks you do that through a delta lake give you say asset compliance and, and better performance on there and, and time travel so you can see changes in the data. So things that you normally would have a relational database, you can say in some use cases, now we don't need a relational database, hey, we'll put it in a data lake house. Now, how does that fit within a, a data mesh? Well, you could say each of the individual domains will have their own data lake house and that's what they will use to store all their data and to clean it and then present it and so solve that contract that says, make your data presentable. They can go, okay, we'll have different layers in the data lake house, we'll have raw and then clean and then presentable. And that presentable would be what others could use when they need to access the data. And we don't have to have a relational database in that solution on there. But there are, and I've talked about this previously, there are issues with just having a data lake house. You'll never get the performance you get out of a relational database, it maybe is acceptable, but you'll know we'll get millisecond response time. Uh, you won't have certain security features like role of security. You wouldn't have certain other features that are available in a relational database and have been for many years on there. And additional complexity when you try to make a file folder structure relational because the metadata is separate from the data. And that can be very challenging for people to go and access that. So, but maybe you can solve that by saying we'll have API calls on top of all of that in our data mesh. And hey, great, go for that. But there's not a lot of examples or, or great solutions people have already built on that. So time will tell 
as we see people build these out and maybe we start seeing some great solutions and they become documented and then you can say, okay, this is, this is a way to go. This is a blueprint for, for another company to create the data mesh. And then when you look at Microsoft, they have their Synapse and Synapse can be their own data lake house because you can do a lot within Synapse with data sitting just in a data lake with their ability to use T-SQL of that data and query with a serverless component. So you only pay for query. And so you could also build a data lake house within Synapse as and, and also have the relational database component as an option as part of that data lake house. So you could, this is where it's a gray area. Does the data lake house always mean no relational database? Well, Databricks, yes, with Microsoft, it's like, well, no, I think uh, this having one source, and that's where Synapse has this their single pane of glass over all this data, and that if you go to their uh, Synapse dashboard on there, you can you can have T-SQL over there sitting in their relational database, and you can very easily say, well, I want to move it to relational database, but use the same, same T-SQL, and you can do that. So it, it becomes this federated option on there. So it's, it's a bit of a gray area, and Microsoft's coming up with their own data mesh blueprints for using, for building a data mesh using Synapse. Hmm. So is there like, um, uh, for lack of better term, you mentioned data mesh in a box, right? For supply chain versus manufacturing, is Microsoft going that direction where you have Synapse, which gives you the raw structure, you have lake house, data lake house, you have EDW, you can you have analytics on top of it. Are they going to go, go beyond the blueprint and build uh, sort of a box, like if you are marketing or supply chain or manufacturing or customer service, are they going to bring that concept process, uh, compliance, governance, and say for marketing data, and how does it get owned by various different uh, audience for it? Are they going to introduce it beyond a process or is it going to remain as a process? I think it's going to involve, evolve into some tools that will help automate it. And I don't know about Microsoft, so this is just speaking on, on what I've observed. And the idea being is, okay, here's our idea of a data mesh and, and they're gonna call it something different. And this is the guidelines and the different way you wanna think of a data mesh as far as organizational change. And then their idea may be that you have a centralized data lake and divide it by folders, kind of Microsoft's exception, if you will, to it. And then what they're doing, and they'll have it on GitHub is, okay, here is some code you can run that will create this data lake for you. And it'll ask you some questions and then it will say, all right, now we've fired up all the components that you can use to start building your data mesh. And I think they'll go more and more down that line of trying to automate it a bit because a data mesh may be out of data lake, it may have synapse, it may have um, data factory and only the components. So if they can make it easier to kind of fire this all up, and so you get started quicker, great. But every data mesh solution is gonna have a lot of own customization. And this is where you can't say there's a, a product out of the box. And so we're gonna to have to figure out a way to put all these products together and make it specific to our use case. Because the challenge will be too with customers is they have all these domains, they all may be using different technologies. And this is what I'm seeing a lot of 
recently with customers is, especially when it comes to, hey, I'm a beer distributor and I just bought all these individual beer plants. I don't know if that's the right word, but they're all over the world and they're all doing their own thing with different technologies. And if I want to create a data mesh, I got to work within all of those different technologies. Maybe the goal would be down the road to all use one product like Synapse, but it's going to take a long time to get there. And in the meantime, we need to get results and pull the state together. So can we create some commonality between them and tell them, hey, make the data presentable. I don't care what technologies you use, but this is the format. Maybe it's create some APIs on, on there, but they're all doing it with different technologies. And, and then maybe we can say, well, we will centralize some of that data. I remember talking about before with the different dom uh, domains that they have, and you could have these these domains and I'm trying to remember what they called them. It was um yeah I forgot what the name of them was but it was oh here it was, it was source aligned domain data and then the idea is I can create an aggregate domain data that takes all the domains aggregates them together and maybe that is one unified product that we use for that. And then we also have consumer aligned domain data. So we can take all this data and make it presentable in a way that others can consume it. And that's at the detail level. And that is using the same technology, but you're gonna have trouble with all the different source domains having their own technologies. Right, thank, thank you, James. And how important is data vault uh, architecture, that 2.0 architecture as an organizing concept of, uh, of, of, of data mesh? Um, because there was so much going on in that space, right? Because like ultimately, if it's not a out of the box solution, we got to we got to come up with a logical slash, you know, abstract architecture. What does that mean uh, to you? Yeah, and you can and you look at data vault as a more sophisticated way of tracking the changes in the data. Mm -hmm. And so each of those domains that could be part of the contract that IT has with them is you will track all the changes to the data and we would love for you to use data vault mm. and, and to do all that. And can you get their buy-in for that? Well, yeah, hopefully, but the challenges with the data vault, which is a great concept that's been around for a while is not many people are using it. So you may not have the skill set to use it and it may not need, be needed in every domain. Maybe they don't need that sophistication in there, but that can be a tool in the toolbox that central IT can go out and help other domains to to get to that point where they can create a data vault on there. And, and but that to me, that just, this is where data, where data mesh has these problems is all your domains are gonna be doing it differently. And how do you get them all the, to agree on the same set of standards on there? That's gonna be the really big challenge. Because in the end, if you tell them, hey, whatever you're doing, you need to improve it. We need you to follow this contract and you need to make this data available a certain way to others. You're getting a lot of domains are going to go, why should I do that? I'm just, all I care about is my domain. And I, if you want to use the data for others, fine, take a copy of it, but I'm not going to do that. Well, you have, that's when you have to get the buy-in. That's, that's to me the biggest challenge of a data mesh is telling them, do it this different way. It's extra work. Again, what's their incentive on there? Hopefully you convince them it's for the greater good and that maybe you can do things with their data and combine with others that'll give them more insights that they don't have but they may be too busy for that. And they may not say, we're not gonna wait a year or two for data mesh to come into play. 
we need results now. We need to do things now. So um, no, they're going to say. So how do you handle that? that that'll be the challenge. So James, it seems like there's a lot of complexity to it, right? You know, so complexity from tools perspective, compliance, governance, ownership, right? So what size of the organization should adopt it versus not? Because in our world, we have a lot of mid-sized customers as well, uh, beside the Fortune 100 customers. So now, how do we uh, how do we find the right audience to have this discussion? Because it seems like it's only suited for very large organization who have the kind of governance process maturity as well as internal binding to say okay i'm going to have this self-serve architecture available to me right what have you seen in your experience who are the right audience for it because the mid-size organization may not have um, the tools availability skills that is required to implement across domain right it's a lot of work um, where do you see uh, this concept may be useful or is it still viable for a mid-sized organization? If so, why and how? I, I just said right off the bat, <laughs> you have to be maybe 1% of the, of the top companies to, to have data mesh be helpful to you. This is not for small companies or mid-sized companies. It's for the really large companies who have current pain points. And I've seen this more often with the really large banks that are struggling with collecting all this data and making better business decisions with this data. And, and things may be a big, big mess now. So it makes it easier to go and get buy-in because each of the domains may be saying, yeah, this is a nightmare. We, we can really use some help. So if you don't have those pain points, if you're a new company, I would say data mesh may not be the best route to take. To start off with, you can go down a modern data warehouse and that's probably 99% of the time going to solve everything you need. But if you're an established company, you're having all these issues and you're seeing this, uh, for example, you have IT and they have backlogs of months and they're not able to, to ingest other data sets because they can't scale the people and the technology. and and, and you're going, look, no matter what, we have to get to new technology here because what, we, what we've chosen is not scaling on there and we can't get the people and, and all this. And so you have to have a, a long list of problems already, I believe, to look at data mesh as a solution because the one problem I have with the way people are saying how the data mesh is coming to the rescue is Number one, it's going to take a lot longer to build a data mesh in the modern data warehouse because of that culture change. So it's not a quick fix, it's a slower fix. And the other, the number two, the problem I see with people pushing the data mesh is they say, look, all the solutions now are not scaling. And all these companies are having their projects fail because the technology is, is not there. Well, I strongly disagree with that. The projects that I've seen fail are not the technology, it's the people in the process. And okay, if data mesh is gonna help solve that, okay, good, but you're solving it in a way that the technology is not there yet. So how is this gonna help reduce this failures if you don't have the technology at this point yet? And, and nobody can even really define a data mesh consistently on there. And the other thing is when people say, well, all these, Big data solutions are, are failing and not scaling. I'm going, wait a minute, I've 
I've been at Microsoft seven years. We introduced these technology, multiple parallel processing on um, parallel data warehouse was called and became an analytics platform system and is now Synapse. It's like there, I've dealt with many companies other Microsoft who were having petabytes of data and they're building cool solutions. And a great example is Microsoft. I've seen their internal solution with using a data lake and Synapse for handling petabytes of data. You can imagine the data they get through Xbox. So it's being done. The technology is not stalled or, 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 or falling behind. It's there. It's using the right technology for your use cases and having the experienced people to build it out there. And, and so don't think of a data mesh as going to be able to scale data where current solutions can't. They can, those current solutions, but data mesh could be in those small use cases, a better solution. And, and that's if you have a lot of domains that are working on their own now and having pain points with scaling people and technology and relying on IT too much. If I start seeing those, that's when I may say, hmm, maybe a data mesh could be a solution, but would your company be able to have a culture change? Do you have somebody who can drive all that culture change? Because I, I wouldn't be able to want to know and talk to 100 domains and tell them they got to do things differently. Um, but some companies have done that and some companies have been successful with that. There's just not a lot of use cases so far. Right. So uh, ultimately, the complexity of the data set and multiple data sources may drive the need for data mesh. Do you see an industry like healthcare, which is highly governed? Uh, you have hospitals, you have nursing cares, you have hospices, you have formularies of you know, um, pharmacies integration, you have care coordination, IoT. Do you see what industry do you see maybe the right, uh, because there's a lot of various different data sets, including the compliance data set that may come from federal government like NENDA and Macmillan guidelines and others. How do you see um, one industry or two industry that can be benefited from this concept? Because the more, if, if they have some kind of a governance and contract as you talked about available, and then you, they, because cross-pollination also has to happen, right? Data is not in silos that, okay, pharmacy would use a set of data and be done with it, right? How do I use that data to enable who are my patients which are being you know, diagnosed with very expensive drugs and ending up in ERs and all? So which industries do you see, healthcare versus financial versus any other industry who may be the first adopter of this very loose uh, but highly optimum system of choice, right? From a self-serve data architecture perspective, who do you see are the first one or two adopters would be? Because it seems like still a lot of conceptual implementations are there, but from a platform as well as tools may be there, but ultimately assembling those tools to deliver the right value may not be existing or it, it may be their function. So who do you see would be early adopters? Yeah. Well, all I've heard of so far, as I mentioned, has been banks, the financial institution. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't think of having seen any healthcare yet. Now, I, I think your point was healthcare could probably be the easiest and and in the most need of a data mesh, which I would agree with. And I work with a lot of healthcare. I think you haven't seen healthcare because they're healthcare is usually not the leading edge like banks are. They're usually a more conservative and a, a little behind 
in new technologies, and rightly so because they have a lot of statutes and rules and laws and HIPAA requirements for all of that. So I think this could be really helpful to the healthcare industry more than any other data mesh, but they're just going to be a little more hesitant in getting started on there. But if you, if you look at the requirements, it could be easier to build data mesh because all these particular domains are, are probably already following all these guidelines. And there may be a lot of similarities because they can get in a lot of trouble if they don't follow these different requirements and such. So maybe there's a lot more conformity already between those. Maybe you can go to those domains and say, the incentive for you is that you're gonna make sure you're following all the laws and governance and requirements that are required of the healthcare industry. We will help you do that. So this is where I can see that you may get better buy-in from the healthcare industry than others. And, and then maybe even security, you could say, look, we're gonna give you requirements and blueprints and maybe some tools to make your day even more secure. And they're gonna go, that's great. That's we're willing to put in the extra time and effort to get this to follow the extra requirements on there. So I, I would say healthcare could be the most promising for data mesh, but I can't think of any that I've seen that have gone down that route. I, I've talked to a couple of, of companies that are very early in investigating it. And to your point, uh, there's more value out of data and more benefits and return investments in healthcare, I think, than probably anybody. I mean, Imagine the cost savings you can get by creating some machine learning model that is reducing the amount of remittance somebody gets or the, the helping the type of treatment you're going to get and or helping claim fraud on there, which is all stuff I've seen. Healthcare save billions of dollars a month in on there. So the data mesh is going to make those solutions more valuable then yeah let's go down that data mesh route from them so it's going to be interesting to see how this all turns out because i think we're we're really really early in this and having full implementations and customers creating technology that can be reused for a data mesh and and having some vendors come up with solutions for say unified data governance that is not just taking what they have and saying it, it works for data mesh, but rather building something out that could be used in the data mesh um, would be really interesting. Uh, thank you, James. Uh, um, one question came out of this is like, if data mesh as a concept exists, tools exist, um, if you start putting it in a box, which means that if you go to the banking industry or healthcare industry and say for these groups of people like your hospitals, your pharmacies, your, your care coordination, your hospices, we can give you data mesh, not just conceptually, but build a box, right? You know, for a services company of some sort, what do you see the value is? Because it seems like it's available, but you have to do it intensively by using a lot of resources, a lot of binding process, compliance, governance, security, but more importantly, even assembly of the data, where is it going to go, right? All of that is up for grabs, right? You know, so today we do all of this, you know, on one foot level, right? You, you assemble the data, you do the standardization, you do modernization, and you take it to the analytics. How, how much of a value you see, uh, because, it seems to be a green field, like assembling as a 
taking the concept to a box, right? Where you say, okay, in two weeks, I can assemble it for domain one, finance domain or sales domain or whatever else, marketing domain or supply chain domain. If you go into healthcare domain or banking domain, you have various different product line, equity, hedge funds and others, right? So line products versus departmental you know, needs across the, what do you see the value is in a box? Like, you know, assembling the tool process yeah. technology, right? And ultimately take it to the market. Where do you see? Yeah, yeah. I think, and could we turn back value for consulting companies to come up by industry with a data mesh in the box? And, and to clarify, I don't, I don't mean a data mesh box that you just, install the software in your data mesh, but rather inside that box is blueprints. And it's also technology, but it's it's defining the roles and responsibilities. It's having the experience of built out prior data meshes, is understanding what the differences are in building a data mesh industry. And it may be having those guidelines and standards and, hey, this is what you should think about when data governance is. How are you going to master? How are you going to clean it? Uh, here's here's the different ways you can do that in data mesh. So there's a lot of challenges in getting that experience because it's so new. But as consultant companies start working with customers and building these things out, and if they focus on one industry, then you're going to see a lot of things that can be repeated and and put in that box. And it reminds me of days of of building solutions in say SSIS where it was a lot of just guidelines and, and frameworks on there that you would customize for each type of customer. This is the way I say the same thing in there. And because the technology is not there yet, it may be that as a consultant company, you come up with a, a using seven, eight, 10 products to build a data mesh and you know how to combine them all. And then you can work to customers to show them that experience and not combining them all and make it fit for that particular customer. Right, right. Thank you, James. I think we are at the end of the hour. So I want to thank you, James, um, for an insightful conversation, but also all the attendees here. And if you have any questions, please um, reach out to us at um, comments at sexandglobal.com. Uh, the link would be provided as part of this podcast. Um, so again, thank you very much. Have a wonderful beginning of the week. And um, We'll continue to do these podcasts on a regular basis. So please join us next time. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.